we are back in the football shed, your weekly podcast for fans that live in the wrong time zone like we do. My name's John Hewitt and Jeff King is back. Good day. How are you going, Jeff? Did you miss us last week? I did. I felt strange. Yeah. Was Stranger it, than usual. Was it more fun being in a meeting about businessy things or would you rather be in the shed? Oh, I'd always rather be in the shed. I wish we could do this every day. No one else does, but I do. Oh, we could do it every day. No, we couldn't. No, no we couldn't. I'd never... Yeah, no. <laughs> and Roger Gibbs is here. Hi. Hi, Rog. How are you going? All right. I'm just a little bit disconcerted. I've just realised at this minute that there's a new carpet. There's a new rug on the floor. Why is there a rug on a rug? Well, where else you put a rug? Yeah, but there's already a carpet. Yeah, you put a rug on a carpet. Do you? Yeah. You never put a rug on a carpet? You know, it feels... It looks a bit like turf. I thought that's kind of appropriate for the football shed. <laughs> it feels good, I, on the, good on the toes, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does good, feel quite yeah. nice on the toes. But then I was like, oh, there's something new here. And then I looked down and I'm like, this is a bit odd. I think rugs go on carpets. Okay. Regularly. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Um, Rog, did you bring a uh, fancy beer with us? Uh, no, I drank. I had my fill of um, strong and hoppy beers at the weekend, John. Yes. So I'm keeping Golden it, Plains. Keeping it low key tonight, yeah. just on the uh, Rover. Nice. Uh, Jeff, what are you on? You uh... Straight Jamesons, John. Just straight, straight whiskey. Jamesons. My. This my... can't be Christmas. Have you bought a new bottle? <laughs> this was pre-Christmas. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it tastes a bit like saliva. I'm wondering, like, oh. I'm wondering what's happened to this bottle oh. prior to it arriving in my glass. But, you know, Ooh. take what you can. Ooh. Well, I've gone for um, alcohol-free no beer. There was ice in there, Rog. It's just smelled. Yes. Now it's just saliva. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yum. <laughs> my alcohol-free beer doesn't taste unlike saliva either so uh, we're doing well for beers so far oh, kicking goals yes. maybe we should get rid of this segment <laughs> <laughs> Rog you're the only one that likes this segment yeah that's true and it's the only bit where you get to talk about something that no one else cares about so yeah let's crack can it can I tell you right, I, was listening, I was listening to another football podcast yeah. which, which I do yeah. and one Arrival. of them Arrival podcast this one was based in the United the cheating States cheating scoundrel and someone had uh, emailed into them saying that they listened to it in the car this other podcast not us yeah. with their five year old and their five year old uses their like slang names for players vernacular yeah. all I was thinking was Oh fuck! If a five-year-old started listening to this, we'd have proper problems. <laughs> proper problems. They'd be coming up with words with Fat Jerry that they do not want to be saying in front of their parents. <laughs> I was like, maybe we should taper this down to five-year-olds' language. And I thought, no, 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 because no. five-year-olds. I don't language. think you'd manage. Like once you've had your cup of saliva. Yeah, there's, there's, there's sea bombs you know, everywhere. You can have all the best intentions in the world. I do have the best work. intentions. I don't mean to swear so much, but rage fills me. So. Well, before we get on to the swear words, um, it's a bit of admin. Um, if you want to get in contact, ask us a question or tell us we're wrong about something, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Football Shed or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. And of course, tell your mates, uh, maybe not the under five, so they don't hear us swear so much. This week's question is about David Moyes. Oh, okay. Um how many away games has David Moyes gone against the old school big four, so United, Chelsea, Liverpool and Arsenal, without a win? Oh. It's away games. Away games. So, not so this would include... Uh, time I at Everton. Time, time at Everton, time at Sunderland. Yeah. First stint at West Ham. Time at Man United. Time at Man United. Yeah. Uh, how many days, sorry? How many games? How many games? Against um, United, Chelsea, Liverpool oh, and Arsenal. Nineteen away games a year. No, but you only played four teams. Oh yeah, sorry. So it's only against the four teams. Twenty-three. Started well. Twenty-three. Thirty. Fifty-eight. Fuck 
Oh, wow. How crap is that? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Three minutes in. That is dire. 58 wow. away games against those four teams, not one win. Yeah, He's got that's, some draws. That's crap. Like, Wouldn't you, you think maybe I should change something? Well, you think that West Ham should probably hire a better manager. Mm. Well, they tried. Yeah, true. And he wasn't very motivated. No, he didn't so, really didn't so care. West Ham have, I, I genuinely think that West Ham have, have got the best manager for the task that they need to, to No, to I don't know. No, I don't agree. He's more, you you are still have your rose-tinted glasses on with Moyes. He's like a you know an old flame. No, no. Okay. Let me let me just repeat what I said. They, they have the best because I'm hoping when I repeat it, you'll think differently. By not making any other points, I'm just okay. going to repeat it. <laughs> West Ham have the best manager for the situation they are in, and I don't mean that is because he's a good manager. I mean that is because if they got a better manager, that a better manager would go, okay, well, this is what I need to do with the squad. This is what I need to do with the formation. Like, like this is what I need to do to make this club better. David Moyes can't do anything with the squads or the formation or make the club better. David Moyes is used to being in that situation. He knows... But what are you, t- are you talking about? He's the best man to keep them up? Because I don't. I think if you want to do that, then I don't think he is the best manager no. to do that he either. Went down with I'm like, if you want a firefight, I'd, I would, there are other managers I would pick ahead of him. Who would you have picked ahead of him at the time? Alan Pardew. Oh, come on, John. Come on. <laughs> Big Sam. Good thing five-year-olds aren't listening to this, John. <laughs> Big, Big Sam. Sam. Roy Hodgson. No, do you know who's not in work and I would pick? Tony Poulis. Tony Poulos. Yeah, yeah, he would have been way better. Yeah, yeah I'd take, yeah. take it all back. You're absolutely right. Um, but I've divided this week's games um, up a bit because Saturday I've put called boring day because shit all happened. And then Sunday and Monday are the fun day games because there was lots of goals. <laughs> so let's start on the fun day games and let's start with the funnest of the fun games, the Man United-Man City game, where Ollie's revolution at Man United continued apace. What is going on? Um, ten in a, ten games undefeated, beat Man City two 0 and it almost looked easy. He's brilliant. Wow. Uh, okay. Did it look easy? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all, we are all uncomfortable with this right now. I can yeah. see it. No, it didn't look easy. Um, but they weren't under massive pressure where you thought they're lucked out here. You, they played well enough. to. They defended really well. They didn't look panicked. There was a half hour in the second half when um, Man City just had the ball. And Man United defended so well and didn't panic, knew what to do. When they got it, they tried to get on the counter-attack. Didn't quite work. At the very end, they got the second goal. But it was a controlled 1-0 for two, most of the two, game, which you don't expect from Ollie. Two fairly massive goalkeeping errors, we should probably say. Mm, yeah... <laughs> No, yeah. oh, well, obviously the second one was a goalkeeping error. I think the, the first Mc- one was, should goal. have saved the Martial's. I one. don't. Yeah, I think because the free kick was so quick and clever, brilliant. Think, we should oh, nod to Fernandez. Fernandez. Yeah, I mean the main reason we're good is because of Fernandez. Yeah, he's. To do with I just can't. We we talked about this at the at the weekend yeah. offline, and uh, I am really surprised with how good he is so quickly at United. That he's just been able to come in not from a world beating league. And all of a sudden, just basically take the league by the scruff of the neck. And he's dragged United along. And I said to John, I think this is what Pogba should be doing. Pogba should be looking at this, being absolutely disgusted with himself because 
he has the ability to do what this guy's doing and he's just never done it at United. And I've watched him come in and he's completely galvanised you. Like He's making players around him better. You're playing better as a team. Plus he's doing it, things as an individual. Like and it, well, The free kick is cheeky, it's smart, it's quick. It's off the training ground. It, it's well, got to be. Yeah, is well, it or is it off the cuff? I, I think he's the kind of player who could do that and I don't think you've got Yeah, but Martial player. needs to know what he's doing. The thing... Because the, the Martial is, is on his bike as soon as he runs up to that ball. And well actually because he's Fernandez has stood there Martial runs first so that suggests that it was off the training ground mm. because Martial knew where to go before it was kicked it wasn't like oh he's done this I better run he as soon as he moves Fernandez flicks That's what over. I mean he's on yeah. his bike and, and very clever I've got to say and everyone's like just jizzing on Fernandez for this but Martial's finish is brilliant yes. but any time a ball comes over your shoulder and you hit it first time before it's the floor yeah. I just love it it's so rare you I see those do, goals but it came off his shin doesn't matter doesn't Goes, matter it, it, Rooney's, well, no, Rooney's just, overhead kick against Man City years ago came off his shin yeah, but overhead, kicks, overhead kick's a little mm, bit different but no, for me a volley a like, <laughs> it, 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 it's, a, it's a great goal it's a good finish but I still think Edison, because he didn't quite catch it, Edison will be disappointed that he didn't save that. Edison should have saved it. I would say, I don't think it's the worst mistake in the world, but I would say that is a, Edison saves that seven and a half times out of ten. Yeah. Only seven and a half. Seven and a half times (laughs) out of ten. Yeah. You could have chosen, you didn't have to choose ten. Why did you choose ten? Because we always rank things out of ten. You could have done 75 out of 100. Yeah, that's what I mean. You could have like given it an actual number. You don't have a half save. He probably that probably was a half save. If only there was a half save, it was that. You got his hand to it. <laughs> it didn't doesn't you? matter. I'm just trying was that to, the half? I'm just trying to make an up, the you know, and a half? Basic, generally he would save it okay. most times. <laughs> and then there's a few times he wouldn't, and this is one of those times. But I do think there are some signs there that this isn't just Fernandez as well. And you're right that they look comfortable. We talk, we've talked about Harry Maguire a bit recently. I think he's massively grown into that, both the leadership role and being a good centre-back again. Yep. Wan-Bissaka was excellent in this game. Like We know all yep. about City's wide players. I mean, when De Bruyne is not there, their threat is really yep. from wide. Um, and Wan-Bissaka was, I thought he was great, shackled um, Sterling for, for most of the game. and. Yeah, and Martial scoring goals as well. And he, Martial has. How many has he got for the year now? 16, 17. I don't think he's ever scored 20 in a season. No, so Oli said he's going to be a 20 goal a season striker. Yeah. I mean, that was only a few weeks ago he said that. But. And you suddenly go, Martial scoring, Rashford's injured, but having, was having his best season ever. You put Fernandez in there, you've got the Mason Greenwoods of this world. You suddenly go, there's something happening. Um, well, I think the Martial one is big because. He's always had all the ability in the world, but he's been, if you were going to criticise him, you'd say he's a bit flaky. Now, he has stepped up his game since Rashford got injured, mm. which I think, huge yeah. credit to him, but also yeah. you have to give Ollie some credit there in that he's gone, I you're think the main in man. the past, he, this wouldn't have happened. He probably would have picked up another soft yeah. tissue injury and you know, you're in trouble. But yeah, a few, a, few kind of, a few things on this game. So firstly, Man United only had 28% possession. That's all you need. Wow. 28% possession at home. That's all you need. Right. And, and obviously, so it's, it's counter we, We've spent the first 10 minutes or whatever it's been talking about this, this game mm. from a very kind of positive Man United perspective. Yeah. 28% possession against 72 is actually a, a very, very strange stat mm. to then be, you know, waxing lyrical about the 28% possession. Yeah. However, we already know that Ollie is 
very good at setting a team up to absorb and counter. That is what he does, which yeah. is why when Man United go up against Burnley, they struggle. When they go up against Norwich, they struggle yeah. because Norwich want to defend against mm. Manchester United and, yeah. and Oli doesn't have a doesn't have an out there. However, there is you know, I'm not gonna kind of beat him with his own with his own sausage here. He <laughs> he um what? <laughs> I know it's an interesting turn of be, because Actually, Ramsey Bolton defending against 72% possession takes some organisation. So, yes, I I say he's good at setting up a counter-attacking time. That doesn't mean that all he does is know how to counter-attack. What he actually did, which is what you said, John, is is he set up a team that that was able to absorb 72% Manchester City possession. Now, it did come on a day where Man City were particularly toothless. Mm. It didn't create a lot. I think they only created, they only had seven shots. Not yeah. even on target. Yeah, they just left, they missed De Bruyne. No, no De Bruyne, no Man City. They won the league last year without him. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah, Sterling, but, I think, has Sterling's gone off the board. What, what, what is that? Can someone please but, explain but, what the hell is wrong with Raheem Sterling? He's tired. Before we go on to tired. Sterling, um, I want to talk about how good Man United are um, again. <laughs> Didn't we just do that for ten minutes? No, but I just I need to like put a full stop and underline okay, John. It. No, 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 no. You, you don't get because you've very been often. a bit up and like you've been. Man United good one week, Man United crap, yeah. Man United, and I think what they've done recently is now they're beating the shit teams as well, which yes. I also think Fernandez has helped. I was going to say that's exactly what I was going to say. I think Fernandez has made us, given us that bit of cleverness and cheekiness to beat the average teams. If the defense looks really good, I think if we can have, if we can get into the Champions League and have a really good summer transfer window, we're in a really strong position next year. Um, I don't know if you saw Jude Bellingham turned I up. I love how optimistic you are already. <laughs> Jude Bellingham turned up, who's the Birmingham 16-year-old. With his mum and dad. With his mum and dad this week. Um, but there's, if you get three or four other players that are on the same ilk of the Wambasakas and Maguires this season to complement the Fernandez maybe one more kind of clever player in there. I think you've got a team that will be comfortably top four next year. I'm not going to say we're going to win the league, but it won't be, or maybe we'll finish sixth or seventh. It will be, we'll finish in the top three. Do you, do you know? Do you remember when we were talking about the Fernandez signing and, and I, I had my sources in Portugal <laughs> talking about how actually he's probably a little prick. Yeah. Remember that? So um, I actually think... Your sources are wrong? No, I think I'm right. <laughs> However, I think that's doing you some good. Yeah. Um, so there was a, a story came out about the a conversation in the dressing room after the Everton game, saying um, the 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 consensus was a point away at Goodison Park was a good result this time in the season. That's great. And Fernandez was the one that going no. What are you talking about? Anything less than the win is a bad result. Please, like, pull your head out. Yeah. That's a bad result. We threw it away. We lost two points. We should be looking to win every game. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, why is it taking this kid to come in? I shouldn't ask, ask that question because he's here be now. Yeah. And, and I shouldn't be going back to the United of, of the past. But, um, you know, watching, you've seen that clip, obviously, of him just like throwing his fingers up at, at Guardiola on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen that. So there's, there's a bunch of um, stories coming out that makes me think, you know, the fact that he's taken all the free kicks already. Yeah. Like, he probably is a he's, bit of a prick. He's the Cantona of today. But, but that's what you need. Yeah, hell yeah. And, and that's what you've needed for, for a long time. So so maybe that bit of mongrel is, is spot on. I think it's really good. And I think Harry Maguire is the same. And I think 
like we're saying, Harry Maguire's growing into that leadership role. I think if you get another, by perfect sign, it would be Jack Grealish because he's exactly the same. He's got a bit of mongrel about him. He's aggressive. He would. He's creative. He'll make things happen, and he'll drive the rest of the team on to be professional. Plays inside left. You can play him centre midfield, Roger. You can play across the middle. And 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 who is Fred? Fred's a this Brazilian is not, this who, who knew he can play football? This is not the Fred that I was used to berating yeah. for the last 18 months of my life. Fred's the uh, Brazilian centre midfielder who starts for their team and uh, is really good. I think you. I was thinking maybe Fred's brother, Fred. Because <laughs> this Fred is, is a very different concept. Yeah, he's been phenomenal these last few games. But let's quickly touch on Man City. So Man City... It didn't go so well. It's, yeah, what you were saying about Sterling, do you think he's just tired, loss of confidence? I don't know, but I talked about it a few weeks ago and it hasn't changed because he started out this season brilliantly. Like He was looking like a well-beater. He scored a couple of hat-tricks early on in the year and you're like, shit, he's going to finish top goal scorer. At one point, I was getting very excited about my long, goals. long-term yeah. bet of him finishing uh, top, top scorer. scorer and Inter and Dortmund winning their respective leagues. I thought I was I was in. Um, and he's just completely... He just, he's gone back to looking like that um, player that's shorn of confidence. Like yeah. he gets in the position and then he's not quite sure. He, overthinks like, it, not yeah. quite sure. And I don't know what that is. I think he... Maybe he's has quite fragile confidence so you know it goes he, in fits and starts fits and starts yeah but I, I I think something's wrong and I don't have the answer I suppose yeah. but to me he does not look the same player that he was earlier this year mm. um, which means that De Bruyne is yeah. carrying even more and I think with no Sané I think that's really starting to show for City this year I don't rate Maris. like he's 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 I don't think he's as bad as you think he is but he is nowhere near in their bracket and at the moment he's playing every week I think he's the they bought him to be the guy that comes, comes off, off the bench, bench. Yeah. and I think that's what he is but at the moment and maybe Bernardo Silva had an exceptional year last year he's not been quite the yeah. same this year I do wonder as well that Sterling's form's fallen off a cliff similarly similar to the time when the Champions League ban thing happened the first thing all agents will do is go. Oh, do you want to go somewhere? Do you want to do? Should we take a look at a move? I think no. Then, I think it, it's it happened before that. I, I give Sterling a bit more credit. It happened I'm, in December. I, I think uh, yeah, started it's, to, started it had been happening for a few weeks before. Maybe that. he knew about the ban. Um, let's move on to the uh, another fun day game. Chelsea Everton. This was a fun one for Jeff. But Chelsea smashed Everton four um, nil. Chelsea were brilliant. And Billy Gilmore might be my new favourite player on the planet. Little, little Bill. Little Billy. Little Bill. He's like three foot tall and he oh, just runs gets, gets the pass, passes yeah. it around, never panicked, tells everyone what to do. He's, he's amazing. Um, but Everton played 4-4-2 and watching it, you had the flat back four, then the midfield four, and you had Mason Mount and Ross Barkley playing as the new the two tens in between those two lines. And then behind those lines, you had Billy Gilmore and... Everton midfield did not know where to go. They were like, do we go and tackle him? Do we not? And Chelsea had so much space. They just passed it round and completely destroyed them. Ancelotti changed it um, into a diamond and put Bernard as the like top of a diamond in midfield four. So they'd had three in midfield. But at the end of the first half, Bernard got injured. So they brought on Theo Walcott and went straight back to the flat back four. And so mm. and a midfield four. 
which for me was seemed a really dumb move by Ancelotti, which I've I've been really impressed with him, but he seemed he picked the wrong pair off the bench and just went back to a formation that didn't work at all. It's um, like he'd recognised it and tried to fix it, and then went oh then, too hard. Yeah, which is, which is a bit weird, but it's funny. Like I I completely agree with you, and it, Jeff, it's you spoke about this um, in the Spurs game with Chelsea, and we just talked about allowing. If you allow Ross Barkley time to wander around and figure out what he's going to do, do, he can be good, a really yeah. good player. <laughs> and this, that's exactly what happened in this game. You're right. It's like he, no one picked him up and he just had all that space between the midfield and the back four. So many times Barkley got the ball and he had space to run or yeah. he had space to stop and think and play a pass. And, you know, he, he's brilliant. He, when he can do that, he looks like he can be a world beater. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> Look, when one team plays very well and another team plays very badly, the result will end up like this. Yeah, and I, I think you can, you could, you sometimes you can. You, it's hard to isolate this. Sometimes it's hard to go. Well, you know, this team was Chelsea were excellent, but you know, Everton deserve it. Or whatever. Everton were particularly poor this day, and Chelsea were particularly good. I'd yeah. argue it was Chelsea's best performance of the season. Yeah. I'd argue it was one of Everton's worst. And it if you take away storm, yeah. take away the scoreline, that would have still been the case. If it was a nil-nil, that would have still been the case. When you talk about Billy Gilmore and, and who's this was him up, definitely a four-nil game though. Of this wasn't one of those was, games where it was like that a, was a hammering. It, it was a it was a legitimate hammering. absolute hammering. Yeah. I, I would say that the those at fault for not picking up Billy Gilmer were not the wingers. It, the midfielders, I'd say one of the one of the two up front. Yeah, Richarlison, Richarlison or, or, or DCL should yeah. have dropped back, and neither one of them was doing that. So yes, when Walcott came on, you're right. That's probably a strange decision. However, the only other player on the bench that could have done that was a Wobie, and a Wobie is struggling for fitness, so, yeah, so he okay. didn't have any other options. And a Wobie is not going to play out on the right. No, it doesn't doesn't work like that. So the so the only thing that he could have done was change formation. However, what he should have done is drop off a striker to cover Billy Gilmore to. to Chop yeah. off that space, and actually, he's got a very good one to do that. If DCL would have dropped down, in, in he's used to being a workhorse. So I actually think that the responsibility wasn't taken on the pitch. I'm not going to level this at Ancelotti. Was Kante uh, playing as well, or not? No, no he's without in, so Gilmore's playing yeah. instead of Kante, essentially. No, instead of Jorginho, because Kante has always been playing on the right for the last two so years. So it was Gilmore and uh Kovacic no Kovacic was injured it was Gilmore um I'll get the formation up uh Willian Mount and Barkley were all playing weren't they yeah yeah yes. they were playing a fourth so and Giroud oh and Pedro yeah so they played so they had Giroud that's right sorry they played Giroud up top Willian and Pedro so like old school yeah. 1997 team and then you had um Barkley, Mountain, Gilmore as in midfield three. Yeah, and but also, essentially it was a one-two. Yeah. You've got to say every Chelsea goal was brilliant, and that, and that's the thing. Like you, you're up against it. Oh no, you're having a bad day, and you're up against four excellent goals. You know what do you do against? Yeah, Barkley's that? three um, ball was. I, do you know the and, other uh, Giroud? I whilst they've had a great result, I still also want to criticise Lampard a bit. We've um, talked about it for a few weeks in a row on the pod. Um, why is he not playing Giroud? Because it's not necessarily about what he's doing, although he's also scoring goals. But yeah. It's about that he can be a focal point for your team and then make everyone else play better. That's exactly what Since he's done. Since he's come in, Chelsea have looked way better. And, and I also think that the midfield for Everton is is a real struggle struggle area of the pitch. Sigerson was played as a wide player. Yeah, and that's a problem. And, and when we've you're talking about when you're yeah, yeah. when you're against uh, three kids in Chelsea's midfield, and you've got 
Gomez and Davis, both talented players. Not the quickest. neither one of them are very quick. They're both creative. Sigerson is a winger... Like and a winger in a four four two, like it, to be a winger in a four four two, you need more energy than anyone else because yeah. your your left back and your right back are not going to be overlapping as much as they should. So I, I feel like, see, mark my words, this is the last season Sigerson will be at Everton. Yeah, I, I'm convinced of it. He does not fit a purpose when you do not play a number ten. Um, and also, think- he's I think he. Whatever reason, you just sign him at the wrong point. You sign him at the peaks, or I'd say at the start of things going down. And he just—we've talked about it a bit this year. He just hasn't been the same player, and he slows everything down when he gets involved in play. You can know he can still put a great ball into the box. He can take a great free kick, but it's now where I think he takes away more from Everton than he gives you. Yeah, but okay. So let's look at football in total. Right, I'm going to go back to one of my generalist comments. When a team is in transition, um, I don't mean sorry on the pitch. I mean when it, when a team is in transition from X team to Y team. Yeah. yeah. And suddenly money comes in and whatever. You buy players that you can achieve. You players you can you get. buy Robinho at their peak. Or Adrian well, Mutu. Let's take take Robinho out of it because he didn't even know he was going to yeah. Man City. He thought he was going to Chelsea. Remember yeah. that interview? Like, he didn't have a fucking clue. But Man City are a good example. They play, buy Roque Santa Cruz. They buy yeah. Jolien Lescott. They buy... Yeah. Um, Oh fucking Jack Rodwell! Yeah. But they buy yeah, some players. of the planning goes out the window a bit. Exactly right, because they've got yeah. the money, so they buy players that they see that they can get. And when mm. I say they can get, I don't mean they can afford because they can afford anyone. I mean players that will go to a team like Man City because they don't have offers on the table for teams like at the time Manchester United or Chelsea. Yeah. So what Everton did in the last two years, three years, nearly four years, is be sure he's coming, is they bought the best that they could get. Or at least they started by buying the best that they could get who would go to a club like Everton, which means they're looking below them. Sigerson was at the peak of his prowess at the same time as Everton had enough money to get someone who could go to Everton. It was the perfect storm for spending £50 million on Gilfie Sigerson. Yeah. Doesn't mean that he's any good. But what you need to do as a club in that transition, I'm going to be, be hopeful if there are Everton fans hearing, is what that does is it ups the average of your squad. Because the average of the squad prior to that was much, much worse. Which means then you're looking at a foundation that you're building on. I don't think that um, looking at Everton's midfield in that game, you don't need to replace them all like you did when Sigerson was coming in. You need to buy three more number 10s. You, you look at Gomez is excellent. Yeah. Davis probably needs to go out on loan. Yeah. You, like it did so did Holgate so much good it did Dominic Calvert-Lewin good you need to go out on loan you need to come back and yes Davis has had nearly 100 games for Everton maybe more than 100 games yeah. for Everton but it doesn't mean that you have a God-given right go out on loan and do a great job at Aston Villa so yeah. I, I feel like Sigerson's time is over and Everton's transition is the continuing o- the only thing with Sigerson is he's captain at the moment and so Ancelotti's made him captain but he does look out of place and I wonder whether Ancelotti Next week, um, you play Liverpool in the Merseyside derby. Might be behind closed doors, that. Maybe behind closed doors. I wonder whether um, Ancelotti at that point will go, it's the end of 4-4-2. No, he's definitely not going to. The the problem is that it was so expansive, that 4-4-2, Chelsea could just play right through it. You don't have to be expansive in a 4-4-2. You can be very compact. Yeah, Yeah, but you still, I don't think you're going to have success playing a 4-4-2 with Sigurdsson. I agree. Yeah, there, there, right. is, there is no way you can play 
Bernard and Sigerson on the wings if you're going to play a compact 4-4-2 because Sigerson can't get back to be compact. But, you know, to play a successful 4-4-2, you need a, a good relationship between strikers. You can say that Everton have got that in Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin and they both score for fun yeah. all the time. And you need hard-working strikers and they both Ab- do that. Absolutely right. But you also need a relationship between your two centre-backs and your two centre-midfielders. That needs to be a, a box of four yeah. players and you all need to know where you are at all times and then the work is done on the wings and you are compact. Yeah. And you could, you could be standing less than two metres apart from yeah. all four yeah. of you and that makes it very, very hard for teams to go through you. The fact is on the weekend Everton didn't do anything like that. No, they're all over the place. Um, let's move on to the last fun day game of the weekend. Yeah, I feel like I turned into Everton chat even though they lost 4-0. Yeah, no, I didn't want Bloody to. Bloody hell, Jeff. Yes. Soz. Well, actually, last thing. Soz. Billy Gilmore's the best player in the world. Billy (laughs) Gilmore. Um, But Leicester beat Aston Villa 4-0 on the Monday night game. Villa actually beat them in the League Cup semi-final, so I wondered whether they'd get one over in the league. Um, But Leicester were brilliant, and Harvey Barnes was really good, and Vardy scoring again. Can I talk about Tyrone Mings' shoulder? Yeah, was that the penalty yeah. where he put his like, arm into it? Where's where? What's that? It's a handball. No, is it really? Yeah, it's his shoulder. It, it, no, because it was off the side no, of his shoulder. He moved his shoulder. That's the shoulder. No, it, well, I don't think it was as clear cut as what you're saying. But I think there was enough of the ball on the front part, which no, is okay, not the okay. shoulder. He didn't let the We're ball. We're all pointing at our shoulders. Yeah, right he now. didn't <laughs> let the ball hit his shoulder. He moved his shoulder yeah. to the ball, yeah. which makes it. But, I but, would argue, right? Okay, let's to to support Jeff in this. Mm-hmm. If you he was diving so he was hor- like horizontal mm. if he if you move everything upright so if he's standing and yeah. the ball hits in the same spot and if you say it's not Tyrone Mings but maybe it's Cristiano Ronaldo and he does that thing where he does his shoulder pass yeah I think the ball actually hits him in a very similar 100%. part of the shoulder Maradona used to do it Absolutely, it was called the Maradona Seven. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so your I think shoulder. It's a little bit of. Um, I think it's handball. I saw that. I thought it was a disgrace. I, do, do you know? Until we've had this conversation, I hadn't even thought about it. I was just, oh yeah, handball. It's no, in my opinion, and he literally went for it. He's not being an idiot. Yeah. It's not like he he flipped his arm out and was like, oh no, I did it wrong. He's like he went to shoulder yeah. it like you're trained mm. to do as a kid, and he got it right. And it's a penalty. If I was him, I would be just spewing in someone's face. But I mean, it, <laughs> but they lost Bournemouth. So. Yeah, well, that, I mean, but that was unfortunate because that was a whether it's an individual error or not, it led to a goal. And then Pepe Reina had an absolute. Brain fade yeah. for the first goal. It just, just ran out of anywhere. I don't know where it's going. Walkies, yeah. It was, but I do you know the player I want to talk about is, is which is a bit unexciting. He didn't score anything, but I just think has been a, such a great signing for Leicester, and he was awesome in this game again. Both their centre backs were great, but Johnny Evans, yeah, in this game was brilliant. He's been. I think Man United was silly to get yeah, rid of Louis him. Van Gaal's fault, but he's been so good at Leicester. Just turns up every week, and he so it's his double tackle that led to the yes, fourth goal yeah. and I just thought that was so good and he, you see him doing stuff like that he's a threat in the box you know he's got, he nearly scored in this game he scores goals um, you know you know he's a reliable defender but it's also things like his passing are quite underrated like he can play football too I don't get why he's not at a bigger club because Man City could do the centre back yeah he's <laughs> super reliable he's a bit boring he doesn't give anything away. He's quick. He's good in the air. He's deceptive. He looks like a. He doesn't look like a big, scary centre back. He just looks like some guy down the pub. But he's brilliant. What well, do does. you think? I 
a little bit of me, I think he suffers for his mannerisms and what he looks like. Yeah, he's like, just, he doesn't it, look like a footballer. He looks no, a bit dweeby just, and he's just a bit like... Yeah, and yeah. looks like really beige and so no yeah, one... but will... Billy Gilmore looks like a paper boy. Yeah, but he's only played two games And everyone's so saying he's like a, a legend. Well, I, I'm not it, so John, he's judged on his appearance. But it's like, you know, you've got Soyan Chu playing next to him with his like long, long mane and his yes. slightly like rash behaviour with his, you know, he'll jump in for a challenge, yeah. but he'll generally win it. And, you know, everyone's been raving about him, whereas then Johnny Evans is like the grey man next to him where you don't know. He's really him. plain and boring, but he's got 10 years Premier League experience at the top. He's won the Champions League. He's won the Premier League. He's kind of everything you want as a Champions League team centre-back and no one buys him. And he's 29 now, so he's getting old, but he's still got another three or four years in him at the top level. And if you need a centre-back, I'd just throw money at him. Big result for Leicester too. Like I think, yeah. you know, we said they've sort of been slipping a bit. Vardy would stop scoring. I think all of a sudden Vardy scores uh, and, you know, they... I was a bit worried about them, but I think I think they really needed that and that now I know it's only one game, but I'm sort of back on them for the top four. But what do you think for Villa? They're in a bit of strife. That was a Well yeah, we, you know, four nils a, a Well let's move on to the bottom of the league a little bit because yeah, Villa are now nineteenth on twenty five points. But there is four points between them and Brighton in twenty nine. They do have a game in hand, Aston Villa. Yes, I think their game in hand is against Man City. Good. So <laughs> good for them. I'm not sure how. Well, no, actually, maybe Sheffield United. Um, yeah, she- it's Sheffield United, but still. I've got a question for you. Right. Go on. So Norwich won the championship by 18 points or whatever last year. They mm. absolutely dogged it. Why are Norwich in 20th and Sheffield United in 7th? Because Me and John talked about this at the weekend too. Oh, well, <laughs> what did you conclude? Because Sheffield United are tactically more equipped and astute for the Premier League. Norwich... And um, money. A little bit of money, yes. They spent money on strikers. But Sheffield United have a system that is, one, unique, but two, is a it has variations to it. Norwich have one way of playing, which is really good, and they got on a run in the Championship... And to get promoted in the championship, you need to get it right for half a season and you can get promoted. They got it right for half a season and got promoted, but then they haven't got enough other ways to play to survive in the Premier League. And That's money. My, can, and I, money. can I propose something to you? Yeah. They're, they're the Canaries, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean... Are you going to talk about a coal mine? Well, yeah. So what are Canaries famous for? Dying in coal mines. Well, yeah. Okay. So that's a thing, right? So if you were like a team called the Lemmings, yeah, you'd assume fall that they just fall off a cliff. Yeah. So if you go to the Premier League and you're called the Canaries, you assume that you're the first to die. <laughs> Would you say has that got anything in it? No, no. I mean, I think essentially what they're trying to do is follow a Burnley model, right? Where they didn't have any money, so. I, I kept mentioning money then. So mm. we know that Sheffield United broke their um, transfer record three times in yep. the summer. They, yes, they only spent £40 million in the summer. So they are one of the lower spenders in the league, but still a decent, decent amount, amount of money. money. And then they, in January, signed the Norwegian guy. Yeah, whose name um, we'll never remember. Yeah, we yep. forget every but week. we know who he is. Uh, he was £22 million. Norwich's yeah, whole, Norwich will never do that. Yeah. whole squad cost £20 million. Yeah. So... Or whole, whole team, sorry, I should say, not whole squad. But I just, 
I not, don't. I don't want to say money is the main factor, but, no, I but just, in this case, I you, just look at it and it, I feel like that. I is no, I a, disagree because I think if Norwich had gone, we're going to spend fifty million or even a hundred million. I think they would have done a Fulham or and a they, Villa. Yeah, or a Villa because <laughs> they're not they're one place above them. Um, Sheffield United are a different team tactically. Chris Wilder is a different manager to Daniel Farker tactically. They play in a weird way. People haven't quite sussed it out. So I think Sheffield United have this unique way of playing that's been together for three or four years. Um, I also, but it's just and, not a fair comparison. I agree yeah, with what no, you're trying to say, but I just don't think it's a fair. And, comparison. and I've, got to ju- I've got to jump on that from a defending Norwich perspective. Norwich also have a unique way of playing. It might not be yeah. as like modern or mind blowing as yeah. Sheffield United, but they certainly have a footballing identity that is unique to Norwich, and and they bring players into that identity. And you'd argue that in the Championship, that was 18 points better than anyone else. Yes, but they they also have a five year plan with a director of football who's very stringent on what they're going to do and what they're building and it's a long-term plan so they Daniel Farker doesn't get fired if they get relegated because he's part of that plan no I think it would only be if he wants to leave yeah Yeah. and they have amounts that they're allowed to invest in the team at certain points and that's done in relation to whatever revenues coming in or whatever and there's there's a proper plan and they know that they'll lose players along the way and then they'll make more money and it's almost more of a Dortmund plan Norwich I wouldn't be surprised if in five years' time, Norwich are in the top half of the Premier League and Sheffield United are in League One. You can see that happening. I think Norwich is a long-term, planned-out thing. I think Sheffield United are just having an amazing moment. Time of their life, yes. And it's just a perfect storm of the way they play, Chris Wilder's experience mixed with um, his funny way of playing, and it's just a perfect scenario. But But we have looked, like with the money thing... Yes, Sheffield United have that, but they've also had the ability to rotate players through their squad. We looked at it and we say a lot of these teams that come up, you know, you, you don't see that. Then Norwich don't rotate because they don't really have no. the players. But he's, whilst the Sheffield United strikers aren't world beaters, you know, they they, have, they them, obviously so they had can... sharp, yeah, but and they and they change it and they can do a job and they can all fit within the system. And I do think you can't underestimate how much of a difference that makes. But what um, we, we went on to Norwich, but what about Villa? Do you think, I mean, they're in strife, aren't they? I think they're in a real pickle. Um, just because they're so inconsistent. They play Chelsea at home this week um, and Chelsea seem like they've got the best player in the world in Billy Gilmore, so they're going to lose. Um, and, may, and Grealish has maybe gone off the boil a little bit in the last few weeks? No, like he's the, still been good. I think he's just, I think, running out of he's ideas. He's carrying a lot. Yes, yeah. um, you're relying on a, a lot on that guy. My honest opinion is I don't think Villa will go down. I think Bournemouth and West Ham will go down. Partly yeah. because I hate them both. Well, and you had Norwich staying up too, though. No, I've, I still think Norwich, in reality, will go down. You hate West Ham? Wait a minute, last week you were on board Norwich staying up? No, I said they've they've got an opportunity to stay up. Oh, I don't know. Someone fact-checked. Do you, I understand place. you hate Watford. Do you hate West Ham? I'm... Dildo Brothers. Dildo Brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dildo Brothers, they've ripped out the soul of the club and also I just want to see the chaos when it all goes wrong. So there should be retribution for having having done that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair um, Let's move on to Spurs because 
Go on, Jeff. No, no, no. We're going to go back to the bottom of the league. Well, no, I just wanted to make sure that whilst we were still talking about crap teams, we spoke about Crystal Palace. I know that's a a strange addition. Sure. I I I would put also Spurs in the crap teams. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so so we're in the the right bracket. We talked about Palace last week too. Oh, but did you see Benteke's performance this week? Its overhead attempt was really good. His link-up play for their first goal twice was absolutely exceptional. I've got to say, look, there's a look on my face that if you're listening, it's strange. I'm impressed. <laughs> like I'm actually impressed. Did you, Did last you see week's... Spoon last week, though? No, no but oh. his assist last week was very good. I think if he's, he's a mo- striker. Oliver Giroud's a striker. He didn't score a goal in the World Cup. They won it. He scores more goals than Benteke, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I, I'm no, I'm going to side with Jeff a little bit here. His assist last week's Jordan Ayew goal, I presume, because they always win 1-0 and Jordan Ayew yeah. scores. <laughs> um, I think it was Jordan Ayew, yeah. <laughs> um, was very, very good. And I watched a, quite a chunk of that game. And he does some good things. Yeah, his assist was actually really good at that. Yeah. And, and the, the first goal in this game, so he, he held the ball up so well, laid it off brilliantly, then got back in the box. The, the which only is, goal in this no, game. Yeah, great. Their first goal, Rod. <laughs> that's still their first. Got back in the box. And, and then, even though he was in a scoring position, he didn't waste it. He actually laid it off to someone in a better position. So he was, his involvement in this goal was twofold. And both was the right decision at the right time for a link-up player. Actually, I have not seen Benteke do that for years. I just might be being a bit negative because I, I think they're safe now. So you three, negative, Roger. Three one nils in a row. It's so crap. And I watched them. For, I watched the they had the early game last week, so I had a big rant because mm. uh, I stayed up and watched it. And what a waste of your life that was! Just yeah. so miserable. And I don't. I just don't want that to be the measure of success. And one point of Arsenal, two points of Spurs. Two points ahead of Everton. So let's yeah. talk about Spurs. So Spurs, at the weekend, they drew with Burnley one all and were lucky to get a point. Mm, Very were, lucky yeah. to get a point. Um, and then this morning, they played RB Leipzig, Leipzig in the Champions League and got smashed 3-0. So they lost 4-0 on aggregate. That's the first time Jose Mourinho has lost 4-0 on aggregate ever. It's the first time ever he's gone six games without a win. He started the game against Burnley with five centre-backs Again, like we talked about in the Chelsea same Chelsea game. Um, He's criticising his players. He's criticising Ndombele. I'm going to say that his criticism, though public, I disapprove of from Ndombele's performance, is spot on. He was crap. Yeah, but it's the way that... that It's the way he does it. The old and bitter Jose does that. Jose, when he was having success, like first time round at Chelsea, did not publicly call out his players. He took everything on him. And name me another Premier League manager that is that picks out players and goes, "This guy was crap this week." The silence says everything. Yeah, people, I'm struggling. I'm people struggling, don't yeah. do it, and the only time it's done is Jose, and then all that's ever said about it is Chris oh, Wilder does. Chris Wilder does. Chris Wilder does, but he only does it. Very rarely, and in a very particular way, that he knows it's going to get a reaction out of him. So he did it with Dean Henderson when he made the mistake. Mm. And he came out and went, Dean Henderson is an incredibly confident bloke. He wants to be England and Man United number one. If he wants to do that, he can't do that. Simple. And that's just a fact, and that's what he would have told him. 
Jose Mourinho questions their character, questions their ability, and comes out regularly. And well, says, we saw it with Luke Shaw. He just completely you he's know, a bully. Beat, beat down on Luke and Shaw. And you never see Brendan Rodgers do it. You never see Klopp do it. You never see Pep do it. You don't see Frank Lampard do it. And don't all... see Frank. When did Frank come into this conversation? I'm just naming other He's on a roll. He's on a roll, Jeff. Just let, let the man go. I'm naming other managers. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Where's Frank smoking so chewed himself into Klopp conversation? What's yeah. there? <laughs> I was just looking at the top four. But also, a lot of the teams at the top of the league have struggled with injuries a lot. And the amount of times Jose, who's only been manager of Spurs for six weeks, has got, oh yeah, injuries are hard, injuries are hard. Burge wine, oh. gone now too. Yeah. Um, and is everyone's... It, uh, is, and is, I feel like a little bit of it is a self-fulfilling prophecy too. Like yeah. you keep... I mean, I know there's no scientific basis to that, but if you keep whinging about something and keep going on about it and keep then, you know, maybe you're not like actually look at, is there anything there? Are we, you know, is there anything to do with training loads or the way we're playing? Maybe there's not, but I agree with you. And we've called this months ago when he came in, he looks miserable. He's dragging the team down with him. I watched it this morning there was a bunch of players there for Spurs this morning who did not look like they had any confidence in what they were doing. They had no faith that they <clears> were It was like they all dropped back yeah. to be in defensive positions, but they weren't being defensive. Yeah. Does that make sense? It was yeah. the same against Chelsea. Like, it was kind of like, there. okay, we're going to go back. Yeah, but there was, yeah, there was nothing dynamic about it. It was basically like a bunch of statues and the ball just went around them. The first Leipzig goal, a guy takes a shot. Yes. And then there's like a rebound. And no one moves. And and he then gets to it and passes it to the guy that scores. It was absolutely criminal. Like there were about five Chelsea players that were closer. Spurs players. Sorry, the Spurs players. You're so quick on that. <laughs> that. That were closer to the ball that could have got there. And they just were all on their heels. And I think that is just a sign of a team with no confidence in what they're doing. I just want Jose Mourinho out of my football life. Jeff, is, is there him. anything... We know John Sweeney's on Jose. I want him to piss off. A different take well, on this? Uh, look, for me, and not that you should give a shit what I think. We definitely don't. <laughs> but for me, like the... It's just a podcast, you know? We <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, this was predicted, right? There is still a chance that he will get Spurs into Europe. There is no chance he'll get them into the Champions League. I feel like the evolution of Mourinho at Spurs has just been put on fast forward. We were yeah. expecting this over a couple of years. However, we this got is in the way six it weeks. No, we weren't. We were, I don't think I was because it's this. I said the same. It was United, same at United. It's he. It's getting quicker and quicker every quick, time. Yes. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, John. I'd like him out of my life. Yeah. He's a bitter, twisted bastard that I don't like influencing me. Yeah. But part of me. Um, misses him when he's not there and I, and I say that because you know it, it's do you miss the, him or do you miss the old him though well okay right because I quite so like the say, fun marine let's say for example you um, you allowed a normal bloke to to compete at the Olympics in every sport a normal bloke I mean a normal bloke so right let's say you so, had the 100 metre race and then, but then they just got a guy from the crowd <laughs> right okay in, yeah okay. and just just have a run just so you actually get some some balance of how fucking quick Usain Bolt is when yeah, they all get to the end this normal bloke's having a heart attack well, on Trevor six, on the tortoise minutes. gave us that yeah exactly right and Im- yeah. imagine it with like 
yeah. pole vaulting. You get yeah. some fat folk, you give them the pole, you go, go on, kid. Right. Put that in the ground over there and try your best. Gymnastics, got to do a roly poly, you yeah. pull your back. Right. And that's just I'd a roly poly. probably pay money to watch this variation so, on the So Olympics. there's part of me that, you know, if I apply that to this current Premier League season, having Mourinho in, in my life in the Premier League gives me some context. And it makes yeah. players, you know, so it makes managers. You know, you, you reeled off the way that they man manage. If everyone man managed like Brendan Rodgers, it would just be the way you manage. But actually, what Mourinho does is he gives us an alternative, and sometimes that alternative works. So I don't want him out of my life yet because he is a fat bloke with a pole vault. Yeah, about, yeah to, okay. about to get it through the lungs. But I, yeah, I just you look at Spurs and. They are in all of a sudden. It's all maybe everything's you know on fast forward with them. But I mean, we look at them. They came into this year with some optimism, you know, new or should should have been. I predicted they were going to win the league. You did, yeah. New stadium, you know, Poch was had stayed. Levy didn't invest any money, which I still think. I think Levy has to take a huge amount of blame for this because one, because he put Mourinho there, but also because he was the man that could have. Invested Re- in the last few reinvigorated years. Pochettino, yeah. and I think Spurs will be in a, in a much better position now. But I think all of a sudden they're a side in transition. Like they're, yeah. what are they? What do they do? What are they? I have no idea. They're a bit. But there's some old bits of, of Poch, and there's some bits of Mourinho. Wasn't it inevitable but, though that, that you know, having not replenished their squad for so long, that yes. the current squad that they had could only do so much. I, I was thinking yeah. about this for quite a while. You know, Poch got a lot out of those players. And he was expected to then get more. Yeah, he, you know, sque- he squeezed that you, sponge as you, much as he could. Exactly right. And when you come yeah. second in the league, you expected next year that improvement is to win the league with the same players. Mm. All right, right, okay. So when you took some of these players, some of them were youth players, some of them went out on loan, you know, you took some of these players and you made them into second in the league. How do you fucking expect him to make them into like you can't just continue that there there is a ceiling and without replenishment yeah, of, they're of, only of as good as they are exactly right yeah. so you can't expect that especially so, when a lot of them are old like it's not like they were all twenty two year olds so, when he came in yeah. that could have incremental improvement so right we got over that hill to a degree and that improve he's pushed them and pushed them and pushed them and we know his methodology you know you know the way the way Pochettino works it's yeah. hard for some, the intensity to stay all day every day in training all day every day in games so they've got over that hill to the point where Poch is being questioned because they're not performing that well and you bring in someone like Mourinho what do we expect but the continual decline of that team yeah. it's inevitable because he's not replenished Yes, he signed uh, a kid from Belgium. Ooh. And they bought Ndombele and Lo Celso. But Ndombele was bought before, oh, before Mourinho. Bergwijn from Holland. Bergwijn, that's the one I'm yeah. working But he's now out for but the But the year. Celso was bought before Mourinho. Yeah. And same with Ndombele. Yeah. So actually, what is Mourinho expected to do to make this kind of downward spiral of a team go into an upward spiral again when they had a very, very good motivator who, as you said, Rod, squeezed that sponge dry? Actually, Mourinho's turned around going... They're all knackered. This guy's shit. We've got no strikers. He's just he's 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 doing what you would and do. Serge Aurier is still our right back. You know, like, and that's what I mean. So yes, I hate the way he does it, but he is right about Ndombele. He's right that they should have had more strikers. They should not be in a position where their star striker gets injured. They got Son up front, which means they got one left. Like he, I get they've got youth mm. academy players. Yeah. I get all of this, but there is part of him that is right. Of course, no, I don't say he's not. He's right. a prick, he's but just, he's yes. right. Yeah, exactly. You can be right and be an absolute knob. So, so he's got to survive three months till the summer, and then it's all it's all on him. 
Yes. And that's the thing. If he survives well, and, and he and keeps Levy. the job... He'll well, be gone by Christmas. Will Levy... I don't think... Well, and I don't know if Levy will back him in. Yeah. yeah I, but it, and then if he doesn't, and Jose doesn't go, like, how long could a miserable oh. downward spiral Which is wait, it just, he'll, he will, as you say, John, will be gone by Christmas. Yeah. Um, so... We're running a bit out of time. So, is there any other Premier League games you wanted to talk about? Um, I feel like we should mention that Liverpool got a win. So, they got over there. How did pickup. Salah score that goal? I don't know. Um, sometimes, and, sometimes angles don't make sense to me. Well, I, th- I think he scored the goal because of how quickly he took it. And, like, the going back on himself. The surprise. Like thing. Yeah. yeah. Just. Um, but that means they're only two games away from winning the league. Mane was big in this. I just... We talked about maybe Henderson being player of the year, yeah. or, but or, or, was very... or Trent, or but yeah. Mane I think has come up with a lot of big goals this year, and he was very good. What, at what did you think of Callum Wilson's goal, John? The one where he pushes Joe Gomez. Yeah, it's a one. push. Oh, yeah, VAR again. Like, I feel it's like there's, one, there's it's, one of these a week at the no, moment. No, I want it. I'm going to push you out of the way. It's a push. But, but how, the build-up play was good. But they well, looked. Yeah. They looked at that on VAR. Like this, hey, we, we there's, a, there are these ones I just I cannot understand it like what are they watching we need a VVAARR we do <laughs> or the uh, phone a friend yeah, yeah. crowd vote <laughs> ask the audience um, and I just wanted to mention quickly that Brighton drew nil nil with Wolves which is really boring but because everyone else in the relegation zone lost Brighton actually just gained a point so do we think that. though that it is now 15th down is that reasonable? Yeah, yeah, I'd say Southampton upwards are safe. Southampton, Newcastle, Everton are safe. The 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 happiest of that bunch will be Newcastle. They were everyone's tip to be relegated when Benitez left in the summer and we were looking at Steve, Steve Bruce, Bruce come in and Joe Linton. Joe Linton. We'll talk about that another week, I'm don't sure. Don't take but... it for granted, though. I, I don't think Newcastle were quite safe yet. If there's one up there that might get sucked in, they're in every... Every measurement other than points, they're in the bottom three in the league. Yeah, but they've got St. Maximan. Yeah, they who's scored a great goal? Who's scored a great goal, goal again? Goal. He's, but yeah. not that he scored a goal. It was like a weird twist outside of the foot. It's, yeah. definitely yeah. Accidental. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. That's his natural no, I, I, That'll be coached out with him in I'm six fully weeks. on board with St. Maximan. He's yeah. been their saving grace this year. Just because he's brilliant. Um, do we have any side stories? Uh, oh, you both went at the same time. Go on, Rog. There you go. Because it's hard to let the week go by without talking about the way the coronavirus has affected yes. football. Um, uh, Syria uh, has completely c- canned all games until the 3rd of April, the 8th of April, basically four weeks. Uh, all games? So there is no, play, 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 no, there's all no games. games. There is no competition for the next... Really? Yeah. Have they done that with the lower leagues as well? I just... don't know. But I know Syria has been canned until the 8th of April. Um, and they've also come out and said there's no guarantee that the league will finish this year. So yes. will you still be um, paying Sanchez's wages whilst he sits down for a month? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would have thought so. Wow. Um, Which yeah. is, and it's a bit of a shame because Serie A is it's quite real, exciting at the moment. It's a real, really exciting season. Inter pushing Juve all the way. So And Lazio. Yeah, and Inter played Juve and this Atlanta weekend. Atlanta are doing great, Atlantia. And um, Aaron Atlanta. Ramsey scored a goal for Juve against Inter in that game, which was behind closed doors, which is just weird watching highlights. Mm, behind, I hate it. Because yeah. everyone goes, it's a goal! Yeah, it's really good. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just it's weird. Just really It'd be weird odd. to play in too, I think. Yeah. Like, it, it would feel like an exhibition game. Um, yeah, 
And we obviously have seen it hitting the Premier League with the game cancelled overnight. Yeah, Man City Arsenal went beyond. Do you know there's only two available midweek time slots between now and the end of the Premier League? This is where... And are they both Man City? Because they've already had another game. I I mean, weeks that don't have either Europa League or Champions League. There's only like game weeks. So if you are in one of those competitions still and you require your game to be rescheduled, like Arsenal-Man City, Means three there's only week. two opportunities for you to do that between now and the end of the season. Um, but on that, I think this is, Jeff, where you can add a second asterisk to a Liverpool winning the league. Because maybe they're going to win it in the VAR slash coronavirus year. It just won't so count. It just would never exist. It, it just, it just, and th- this is the Which thing. is so sad. Like I'm, so, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but I think that would be an absolute travesty. It would be if re- there was any like gleam chiselled off what well, the is thing, likely to be a Liverpool trophy. It would be quite Liverpool, but it would be so sad. The thing that would be really, really sad, and I'm saying this as a Man United fan, if they win the league, the game they win the league, the stadium's empty. How underwhelming would that And they wouldn't be able to do an open-up bus. Do, do you know, yeah. Liverpool's last home game, so it's not necessarily about when they're going to win the league, but their mm. last home game, like you cannot get accommodation in Liverpool. Really? Like, like you know, accommodations going for hundreds and hundreds of pounds a night Everyone's because wants everybody to... wants to be in Liverpool for their last home game. Wow! But again, what if all those people suddenly can't go anywhere or yeah. can't go to the game? Like, it'd be yeah. so sad. I, I take a lot of pleasure from watching Liverpool be fucked over in any way possible. But <laughs> e- even I am looking at this, going, that would it would just be really yeah. sad. I'm, look, I'm a fan it's of a fo- fellow scouts. Yeah. I'm a fan of football first. Yeah, beyond any kind of a, a allegiances. And, and Liverpool played some phenomenal football this year. However, look, it is what it is. And if if the league doesn't finish, they don't win it. And I say that because they can't win it if Champions League spots don't get awarded or relegation doesn't happen or, you know, the rest of this stuff has to be worked out. And if that can't be worked out, which it can't because the the financial cost of relegation is, is so huge... The, and oh, imagine if Leeds got promoted and that didn't happen. Oh, like, oh no. <laughs> you'd, just, you'd just play behind closed doors, wouldn't you? That's what they'll do, surely. I think so, but yeah. But then why would... Uh, it's, it's conjecture, but if if the if country was on lockdown, teams can't travel. They're, they are no exception to anyone else. Play yeah. FIFA. Just, just do it on eSports. <laughs> yes, yes. eSports in the future. Um, I've got another side story that is completely unrelated about a guy called Ezeldin Bahadir. Have you heard of Ezeldin Bahadir? No, I'm looking forward Very to this. Very good pronunciation though, John. Uh, thanks. Well, maybe. He, do you know the bloke? Where's he from? Could he's be called Ezeldin Where do you reckon he's from for my pronunciation? Egypt. Yes. Well, that was good. <laughs> my Egyptian blood is working. Um, but he has become the oldest prof- professional footballer ever at the age of 75. Wow, even older than that Japanese um, guy. Yep. Yeah. And he scored on his debut. This is his professional debut. Like he's just been training really hard, and he's got given a contract. Um, Wait a minute. This is professional debut. Yep. No, this is rigged. They're just signing him to have like a record and a bit of publicity, get some money. Surely, yes. it's bizarre. But yeah, and he's got to play two full games, and then that means he will be in the Guinness World Records. Sorry, how old is he, John? Seventy-five. Why has he got to play two games? Because uh, that's what the Guinness World Records say. For it to be a proper thing, you can't just come in and play one. Well, I feel like, you know, he's obviously called them up and said, look, we could get a bit of publicity about this. I could get in the Guinness Book of Records. 75? Yeah. 
It says, he started playing football when he was six, but it was only seven decades later that he started to write to teams in the unlikely <laughs> dream of joining a club. Oh, there's, there's hope for us all then, I'd yeah. say. There's hope for us. We yeah, could be the like football over in the Olympics. We've still got 40 years left. It's like that season I signed a 67-year-old Roberto Baggio on Champ Man, and he Just, could only last for about 12 minutes before he was too tired to move. put pens. Yeah. Before we move off, can I have a quick shout-out to Sergio Aguero? Yeah. Who has now scored more goals for Man City than Wayne Rooney scored for Manchester United. Wow. And he did so in 192 fewer games. Yeah, but he only played up front. Rooney would like play midfield, play left, play right. That that puts it in perspective. I mean, Mm. I think we underestimate how good Rooney is. Yeah. but I think we're all guilty of that, but that is... Aguero is... Definitely up there in. He's the very best. Be, yeah, in terms of like the top three strikers that mm. we've seen in the Premier League. Like. He has had some terrible haircuts. Aguero, yeah. terrible haircuts. Hasn't yeah. he always had the same haircut? No, no, no. At Atletico, he had this kind of side. I was mohawk. A bit more of a mock. It almost looked like um, uh, Anakin from one of the original yeah. oh, Star Wars yeah, yeah, yeah. movies. Yeah. 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 Do you remember Javier Saviola? It was all the kind of South Americans had the same. It was like when when Attack of the Clones came out, they all like, oh, we want to be Jedi's. I was going to say he's South American too. And then he tiny, short, bleached hair. Yeah, that was terrible. He's had some terrible haircuts in his time. Yeah, not as bad as some. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just end there. No, do you know what we're going to end with? Is the end game? Yes. So last week. Uh, there was no end game because Jeff, you were doing boring things. What did you do? We just finished. It was kind of sad. Such an anticlimax. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we were week, waiting. For, like we were on tenter hooks. We were waiting for you to arrive. We might be back in time. Business. 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 Doing business. So the scores are: Rogers on eight points, I'm on six points, and Jeff's on five points. What we call the longest losing streak of all time. Mm. Um, you're the only football team to not have a win in 2020, apart from Brighton. Um, what? Do you know Brighton are the only team in the UK who've not won a league a game in 2020? Wow! And you've not won a game of this in 2020. Oh, so Jesus! You're basically Graham Potter. Keep it up, Jeff. Um, but next week is the Merseyside derby. Oh, there we yeah. go. So we're going to do a Merseyside not derby. Not another. He gets Everton every bloody week, and I fail, and he fails. <laughs> but what we're doing is Liverpool against Everton on the Thursday, the fifth of December. 2019 so this season so it was only four months ago so it's Liverpool against Everton Liverpool won 5-2 who played in those games this season in those teams yeah why are we doing this season it's a bit weird now you've thrown me for that reason 2019 <laughs> Liverpool 5 Everton 2 Jurgen Klopp was the manager of Liverpool <laughs> And I don't know. <laughs> what are the other? It was it was um, Silver's last game in charge. Silver's last game in charge. What are the other questions that Jeff always asks? Um, what was the date? What month? Yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> December. The was 5th. it raining? <laughs> there, there is no weather on here. Um, and Jeff, you can go first. Uh, Richarlison. Richarlison. Richarlison scored a goal. Did play. Allison. Um. Allison did not play. Yeah. He was injured. <laughs> oh, Roger, in your face with a big what? fat wet sausage. Adrian, that is Adrian. Oh, Roger. Uh, when Roger, was the game? Roger, Roger. 5th of December, December. 2019, Roger. Three months ago. Three months ago. 
Where are you? I knew he was injured, but I thought it was more recent. That was such a crap choice. Uh, such a bad so choice. It's not, he plays every week. Liverpool played Adrian in goal. Van Dijk, Lovren. <laughs> Look at me. So Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andrew Robertson. Yep. In midfield, Wijnaldum, Blum, Milner, Lalana, Shakiri, Mane, and Origi. So it's a bit of an no team. Salah. No Salah. Oh, good because he was next on my list. Everton had Pickford, Holgate, Keane, Dinier, Mina, Sidibe, Richardson, Sigerson, Iwobi, Davis, and DCL. I reckon I could have got about ten. Well, I was hoping for a quick fire. Yeah, bang, got one, got one, yeah, got one, got one. The, well, and you ruined it on the first I round. Bricked, I, I love it. I knew he got injured, but I didn't think. Fuck you, Brighton Hove Albion, in your face. <sighs> so Jeff gets the win. So you're on Games Master next week. It's because you fucking put the mozzer on that. You went on and on about his losing streak. It was always going to happen. You should have just kept quiet. Well, I thought you would have done better than getting the first <laughs> one wrong. Well, that's what he does every week. <laughs> As soon as he got his first one right, it was going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Oh, what a um, shame. Does anyone have anything before we go? Just loving it. <laughs> loving it, loving <laughs> it large. <laughs> Just how bad it is to leave on a note with Jeff being happy. The thing is, I've, I've, had a, I've had a game ready for months. That's the problem. Oh, you got this one lined yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> You're really excited about the one you got ready. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week with Jeff's very exciting game. Hopefully. Um, don't forget if you want to get in contact or ask us questions or tell us um, we're stupid or wrong about something just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening everyone and stop stockpiling toilet roll bye everyone see ya bye see ya